You're listening to Strong Runner Chick Radio, episode 54. Welcome to Strong Runner Chick Radio, a leading online community where our goal is to educate, empower, and connect female distance runners across the world. We believe in healthy running, fueling, and embracing our strength as female distance runners inside and out. Through interviews with top professional, collegiate, and master's level runners, leading dietitians, coaches, sports psychologists, and runners of all shapes and sizes, we hope to spread the message that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to distance running. Now, let's get to the show. Hey, Strong Runner Chicks, before we get to this amazing episode with the one and only Colleen Quigley, I just wanted to let you know that at some points in this episode, it may be a little difficult to hear Colleen. She is at a cafe um, outside, and so the wind gets in the way just a little bit here and there. But it, nevertheless, it's still an amazing conversation, some great takeaways. We hope that you still enjoy this episode, and we apologize for any sound quality um, errors on our end. So in addition, um, we have some awesome sponsors. Just wanted to give a special thanks to FastSack, Inside Tracker, and Perfect Bar. Perfect Bar. These are some awesome partners of ours and sponsors at our retreat that we really do appreciate. So, in addition, if you have any sponsorship sponsorship requests, um, feel free to get in touch with us. We're always looking for new brands to partner with. Thanks, and have an awesome day. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Strong Runner Chicks. Welcome to another episode of SRC Radio. This is Kelsey and Megan. Um, we have a very special guest today that we're so honored to have join us, Miss Colleen Quigley. Welcome, Colleen. Hello. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being here. Um, let's take a moment to introduce Colleen. Colleen is a native of St. Louis, Louis, Missouri, um, and is a current Nike and Bowerman Track Club team member, whom she signed with after her incredible career at Florida State University. While at Florida State, Colleen won the national title in the 3,000-meter steeplechase during her senior year. She totaled nine NCAA All-American honors between cross-country and track and field and broke multiple school records. Colleen graduated from Florida State in 2015, completing her Bachelor of Science in Dietetics with a 3.94 GPA within the Honors Program. Outside of track and field, Colleen worked as a helpline volunteer for the National Eating Disorder Association during the summer of 2014 and worked for Glamour Magazine as an intern for the booking editor during the summer of 2012. Quigley was also named a model for Wilhelmina Models from 2007 to 2011 and worked in New York, London, the Bahamas, Amsterdam, and Turks and Caicos Islands for such clients as Tommy Hilfiger, Ralph Lauren, Prescriptive, Escada, I believe, um, Forinaria, if I'm, I might have, I think I just butchered that, oh gosh, um, Simmons and Glamour Magazine. <laughs> Welcome to Strong Rider Chick Radio, Colleen. <laughs> no problem. It's don't worry about the pronunciation. It doesn't really matter. That was years ago. <laughs> Clearly, you can tell I shop at the Goodwill. <laughs> um, okay. All right, Colleen. Um, so, how did you get your start in running? 
Um, I started running pretty much didn't really get started until high school, actually. I did a little tad bit of grade school track, but I actually hated it. Um, both my parents are runners, and they were the coaches of our team, and so I did it because I had to, but I didn't love it. Um, and I didn't really start running for real until I got to high school, uh, basically just to stay in shape for the soccer team, or so I thought. But I ended up falling in love with the girls, um, just being part of the team. Runners are just amazing people. And so I fell in love with runners. And then I fell in love with running um, eventually after that as well. Um, but, yeah, I just loved being a part of the team. And then when cross country turned into track, I just, just decided to keep doing it the same girls that I love from cross country season. So, and when I was reading your bio on your website, um, you actually, you were a dancer as well. Yeah. Yeah. I danced and played soccer for a long time when I was growing up. Um, and I much preferred that to running for a long time. Um, but I think by the time I got to freshman year, I, I don't know, I was doing dance and, potentially going to do soccer and running and it was just too much. So I had to choose and I don't know how I did that, but I just chose running. Mm. I feel like that's a difficult decision to make when you grow up with sports um, and all these sports that kind of become intertwined in your life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, totally. And I always recommend that to younger athletes too, to like try different sports, do, you know, do everything that you're interested in. Um, you don't have to commit to anything at age 10, you know, like try everything in different, do a different sport in every season. And then, you know, you, when you get older, you're going to have to start making those tough choices and like picking your favorite and specializing. But, um, right now I'm volunteer coaching with the Barman Track Club, which is my track club, um, youth program. So we have 300 kids who come out for cross country in the um, and we meet two days a week, two evenings. Um, and then all of them, or a lot of them at least, are playing other sports too. They're also doing soccer. They're doing basketball in the winter or swimming in the winter. Um, and I love that. I think it's totally healthy and totally awesome. And then as you get older, you know, you can pick. Mm. I was just getting in a conversation with one of my coworkers the other day, or actually it might have been with one of my teammates this morning on my run, and we were talking about early specialization and how that just keeps getting earlier and earlier and earlier, and the next thing we know, kids who are like literally four years old, the parents are going to be like, sorry, you're playing soccer for the rest of your life, or you're going to dance for the rest of your life, or you're going to do cross country for the rest of your life, and it's one of those things where you're kind of like, gosh, yeah. like maybe the kid wants to choose too, you know? Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, I think a lot of that does come from parents, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Very true. Um, so after high school, it seems like you had this amazing career at Florida State. Um, what was this experience like maybe transitioning into college and running in college? Mm, um, yeah, I think the transition from high school to college and again from college to pro um, that first year, that freshman year, I remember just being tired all the time mm -hmm. and sore. And volunteer coaching with the board team as well. Um, and all their freshmen are all of our freshmen there are saying the same thing um, mm -hmm. right now. Where there is, they're like, "I'm I'm so tired. I'm so sore." In their first race, yeah. you know, they're maybe under underperforming in their first races because they're just like constantly 
yeah, just fatigued. And it's because it's a lot of work. The workload is a lot, you know, a lot bigger. The workouts are harder and you're probably doing more miles than you ever did. Mm -hmm. And so your body's adjusting to that. And that's a big adjustment phase. Um, But hopefully if you, you know, stick with it long enough and just ride out that uncomfortable part, then the adjustment does happen and your body does say, okay, like now I'm used to this. And then you can start to see the benefits of all that hard work, but it takes a while. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, So I guess what was, um, what, when did you figure out that you had the potential to become a professional athlete? Um, I really didn't think of that, like think of myself um, in that way or think of that potential for myself um, until my senior year of college. Um, They, I don't know, people in college or coaches or other people started to say things to me like, oh, you're going to, you know, go train for Rio or you're going to try and go to the Olympics. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I hadn't really thought about that. Mm -hmm. Um, That was never like my end goal. That was never like something that was on my radar. I just kind of let it progress like naturally, like as the next step kind of came along I would, um, you know, I kind of kept progressing from, from high school, from just my high school into high school at the state level. And then when I got to college, it was just trying to move up on my team and be a team member. And then, okay, now I'm competing at the, the um, ACC level, the conference level. Okay, now I'm competing at the regional level. Now I'm like competing to be a national champion. And then you can start talking about, okay, maybe I should go pro. So I, I didn't really have that for myself when I was like 13. Um, as a goal that just kind of naturally started to progress. And so I think that was also something a lot of people ask me about that. And it's like, honestly, you should just focus on being the best athlete you can be right now. And then as you reach your goals, just keep setting bigger goals for yourself. And eventually, you know, if that comes up as an opportunity for you, then that's awesome. But not putting so much stress on like the immediate. Yeah. I have a question for you. Um, coming from, I was a steeplechaser in college and, yeah. um, a lot of high schools don't offer that. So how did you discover that steeple was the event for you? Um, when you went off to college? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't do steeplechase, um, in high school either. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there might be something really loud. That's coming this way. <laughs> Colleen's at a cafe, everyone. So I am at, at a cafe. <laughs> Um, oh no, I'm just going to have to pause for a second. <laughs> That's fine. We'll edit this out. <laughs> oh, is he just like cleaning behind you? It's pretty quiet on your end, so you can talk if you want to. Okay, well, I just for a second. Now so steeplechase. Okay, so, yeah, I did not uh, steeple in high school because that just wasn't an option when you're that yeah. age. Um, but it's kind of funny now I find as I talk to, um, high school kids these days, um, it does seem like a lot of kids are kind of getting into it at a younger age and actually are doing like 2k steeplechases in high school, which is really cool. Um, but for me that, you know, that wasn't an option. I only knew what the steeplechase was because my older brother, um, was a runner and he ran the steeple in college. And so I knew what it was because of him, but I also just kind of like thought it was this crazy thing that my older brother was doing. I was like, is that even a 
real event. Like I've never even heard <laughs> yeah. of that. And um, so I kind of knew what it was, but my, basically my college coach just, she, when she recruited me, she, um, I think she saw me running, she saw my long legs. I'm pretty athletic, like from soccer and dance, um, pretty strong and not, not kind of a more gangly, um, super thin distance runner. So she thought, Hey, you, you look like you could be good at the steeple. You're strong and athletic and uh, have long legs. That helps with, you know, being able to jump the barriers easier. So um, she kind of spotted it. And then she actually brought in a 400-meter hurdle coach um, to really teach me how to hurdle the correct way, which I think was also a game changer. A lot of people just try and pop in and, you know, just oh, just see what I can do or, yeah. um, you know, without really going through and, properly learning how to hurdle um, with correct form um, and that just helps prevent injury to, you know really do it the right way um, I still got I've still gotten plenty of injuries in my career but um, yeah I think that's helped me avoid some injuries just to really really do it correctly yeah that would definitely make sense I mean I've never done steeple chase it actually looks petrifying to me to be perfectly honest um like I feel like I don't like actually run into the barrier that's my and I know that's like probably like really ridiculous to say but I'm like oh gosh you you know well I used to move. see people use their hands sometimes back in college so oh wow okay yeah. <laughs> you can tell someone's first time on the steeples when they're using their hands to get over Usually. Okay. Yeah. I will, if yeah. I ever jump over a You steeple, won't see someone in Colleen's race doing that, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, even in, uh, at World Champs this past summer, the, one of the favorites to win Worlds forgot to go over the first water pit. She, like, oh. went around the track as if she was doing a regular race instead of cutting in for the water oh, pit. No. And then everyone was going yeah. over the water pit and she looked over and she realized what she had done. And so she had to backtrack. She had to run backwards oh, no. and reapproach yeah. it and like go over it again. But now she holds the world record. So I think she's doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> yeah. overcame that. Uh, yeah. Well, it, it seemed to work out for you as well. <laughs> so. yeah. um, um, go ahead, Meg. Oh, well, I wanted to get right in to something we're really looking forward to asking yeah. about is your hashtag fast braid Fridays mm. and they've become quite the Instagram sensation. What was your idea behind starting these? Yes, I actually have some fast braids in for you guys oh, today. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so fast braid start fast braid Friday started out as French braid Friday, um, which just started as something that was super like fun and silly. I just posted on my Instagram one Friday being like, it was a picture of myself in a French braid. And I said, is hashtag French braid Friday a thing? Cause it should totally be a thing. <laughs> and it was just like silly, like, you know, alliteration. Um, I wear my hair in a French braid a lot to run in. So I just thought it was fun. And then, um, slowly people just started sending me photos of themselves in braids, um, like every Friday, you know, using the hashtag. And I was like, Whoa, like people kind of like this, I think. And so I did another one of myself in braids and a braid saying, you know, French Braid Friday is, is here again or something. Um, and got more pictures. And so then it, I don't know, it just kind of naturally started to, to grow. Um, and it was, it wasn't really about French braids. It was about just like any type of braid. People were sending me Dutch braids and fishtails and all kinds of stuff and cornrows and anything. And I was reposting photos that people would send me like on my Insta, Instagram story 
And um, people seemed to like really love that too. That seemed to be fun. So I just kept doing it. Now I was having a blast and I was having a blast hearing about the stories. Like someone would send me a photo of themselves in a cool braid and they'd be like, my braid made me um, run a PR today. You know, I ran a PR at, at, or I qualified for state and it was because of the braids. Um, I was like, maybe this could be kind of more powerful of a message than I originally had, you know, thought or intended. Um, so then I was like, I actually kind of, I really like this. And so I was doing it more and more. And I got a message from a friend of mine who's a fellow Olympian, Alicia Montano. Um, and she was like, she's an African-American um, 800 meter runner. And she was like, Hey, like, I think I had posted a picture of myself on my Instagram story with um, a few braids, like into my ponytail. Um, it was like cornrows. And I'd said, you know, hashtag French braid Friday. And she was like, yo, I get the braid thing, but like you can't do cornrows on your hair as a white person and then call them French braids. I was like, oh, like, oops. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I was just being silly. And um, yeah, I just liked the way that they looked. And so I just called them French braids because it rhymes or it starts with an F like Friday. And I like the alliteration. And she was like, I get that, but, you, you know, it, there's a whole culture behind um, braids for a lot of different um, people. They, they find it, you know, it has a deeper meaning. Um, and the name is actually important because it signifies where it came from and the history behind that um, and who created them and um, what that means to a whole culture of people that I have no idea about. Um, and so I was like, okay, like this is more serious. So, um, I asked Alicia, I was like, what should I do? Like, I love the braids. I think they've become like this thing where people braid their hair and then they do awesome stuff. And I want to keep spreading that like positivity. And so it was her idea actually to call it fast braid Friday because it's all about doing your hair in a way that makes you feel confident and get on the start line and you want to go run fast because you feel good about yourself. You feel strong and powerful and you're just like, I've done all the preparation and this is the last thing that I need to do to just put my game face on and go out there and really achieve something awesome. Um, and so that's what it became, even though it's just started as something really silly, but now it's this whole big thing and I get hundreds of photos every week and it's really fun um people post them on their story or just send them to me in a direct message or they post them on their instagram as like a as a real post um so yeah it's been amazing um and then last friday uh or two fridays ago now um i did my first ever fast break friday pop-up braid bar um it was in new york it was in conjunction with a race that i did there on fifth avenue um, which is the Fifth Avenue Road Mile. It's just one mile straight down uh -huh. Fifth Avenue, sponsored by New York Roadrunners. And uh, I was in the race, and two days before, the race was on Sunday, so two days before on Friday, of course, um, I did my first ever Fast Raid Friday pop-up braid bar. Um, it was so fun. A lot of people uh, came and uh, got their hair braided. We had some professional braiders there. Um, from some different hair schools around the country, around the, the area. Uh, and then some friends that had just reached out on Instagram as well. Um, 
And so they came and, and volunteered for me and just braided hair, made these girls feel like absolute, you know, princesses. I got to sit in the braiding chair and get their hair braided, which is so like, oh, it's such a good feeling having someone do your hair for you. Uh, and then we, I had a photographer, David Brissetti came and uh, made sure everyone got photographed of themselves in their badass braids. And we gave away some prizes. Nike gave us some prizes. We had prizes from, or like goodie bags from a bunch of different companies, hair companies. Um, the Tory Burch Foundation got involved and they gave everyone Embrace Ambition bracelets. Um, and then we had a, a braid menu by a, a magazine called Like the Wind Magazine. Um, and they illustrated our braid menu for their what they could do with their braids um so yeah it was super super fun and now I'm like really excited to do more I guess that was the first one but I think this could just be the start of something that's really awesome um could have them anywhere you know it's just you don't really need much you just need some people who are willing to braid and some space to do it so um I'm hoping I'm gonna have another one in San Francisco next Friday so a week from Friday, which would be the 28th, I believe, or 27th. I can't remember. I think it's 28th. Um, and so, yeah, that'll be my second one. And then I'm hoping to have another one around the Chicago and New York marathons. Oh, wow. So cool. it'll be a busy fall. I hope people can, yeah, can yeah. come to those. Yeah. But yeah, it's been really fun. I think I never expected it to turn into a big thing, but <laughs> the people who have sent me pictures are the really the ones that like created this into more of a movement than um, I ever thought it would be. But it's just all about doing something to your appearance that makes you feel um, unstoppable. You know, it's, it's hair. It can be kind of silly, but it's also, it's a big deal. And yeah. for people to do something that makes them feel really good and like feel really confident and be able to do something in a race or whatever it is, if you need to braid your hair to have the confidence to, go do something else that scares you that's a big goal and if it's to take a test or something like that you know um just to have the confidence to do something that you're already capable of um but you just need that extra boost to be able to actually do it yeah i i love this whole movement just because of the fact that and you kind of just mentioned this colleen um the idea that a lot of people think that they need to look a certain way to be fast or they need to act a certain way to be fast where in reality you know you don't have you can just be yourself and be fat as fast as you possibly can be and like you said something like your hair is it's fun like i always wear a bow in my hair when i race because yeah. that makes me feel fast you know so it's things like that that we can do instead of focusing on our bodies or focusing on you know what you look like it's more of just like this kind of freedom of expression that's really cool to make oneself feel you know feel good look good race good sort of a thing mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, I say that all the time. Look good, feel good, run good. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, well, thank you for sharing the story in the background um, on uh, Fast Braid Fridays. It's incredible and so, so amazing um, how Alicia Montano was, it helped you craft this and really kind of spoke out and said, hey, this is not right, you know, and for you to be so humbled and saying like, I was wrong, you know, that's a really powerful thing to be able to do. Yeah, I'm really glad that she said something um, because I, yeah, I didn't know I was kind of putting my foot in my mouth. And I think 
it could have been really easy for her to just say, oh, this is so annoying and just like unfollow. And, you know, like I don't want annoying or whatever. And she's, she's, you know, she's clueless and just kind of like write it off. But, you know, she really did take the time to like educate me and make sure that I was aware of what I was doing. And hey, you might be offending some people that follow you and, you know, they don't, you don't even know it, but um, they see this in a different way than you do. Um, And so I really, yeah, I really appreciate her honesty and just her taking the time to help um, educate me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good friend. (laughs) So um, speaking of hashtags, you've got another hashtag going called the Bowerman Babes. Um, What is it like being a part of the the Bowerman Babes? Give us a snapshot. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the Bowerman Babes are, they're amazing. I joined this group because I didn't want to be a pro that like trained alone. Um, it can be kind of a, a lonely um, sport or like a lonely job just because, you know, to be a runner, you don't necessarily need a team. You can just be yourself and you just kind of need yourself and a coach. Um, but for me, that was never, that was not really the pro life that I had dreamed for myself. Um, I've always, that's how I, that's how I fell in love with running in the first place. Um, in high school was because I fell in love with the group of girls that were on the team. Um, and that was on some amazing teams in college as well. Um, just a lot of women that I looked up to when I came in as a freshman, I remember having never both in high school and college, I came in as a freshman. I never felt like upperclassmen were trying to like keep me in my place or making sure that I didn't get better than them or trying to establish any kind of hierarchy. It was always like trying to lift me up. Um, and they were trying to help me and help me grow and help me, um, do well and be successful in that environment. And, um, I, I find that to be completely true with the barman babes as well. And that's, you know, that's, something I was looking for in my pro life. Um, so that was Shalane from the start. Shalane Flanagan is kind of our, um, our mama bear. She's at the top of the totem pole, but she never does anything to make sure that people know that she's there, you know, like at the top. It's always a bring others up with you type of mentality, which is incredible. And I think it really sets the tone for our team that everyone else kind of, she leads by example and everyone else follows um, that example and make sure that as we add new people, we just added two more college girls um, this summer. And so make sure that they know that that's the case and that we're here to help them and support them and navigating the pro life and trying to figure out how everything works you know we're there to help them um grow and learn and get better so um I think that's a really powerful part of our team um and that's just kind of like who we are um and we just have so much fun along the way too um we keep it keep it really loose um it's serious what we're doing you know like our goals are very serious and very big and we have high expectations for ourselves and for each other um, you know, we're out here trying to win medals. We're not just trying to go to the Olympics anymore. We're, you know, we've all been to the Olympics now. Um, and now we, we want to do more than that. Um, so we have big, big, scary goals for ourselves, but we also know that, you know, as soon as we lose the love for this and as soon as we make it all like high pressure and it's just a job and, um, take the fun out of it, then the performance is just going to go out the window as well so we have a lot of fun and we try and um just keep things like we 
we talk on all of our runs every day. We're just, you know, we talk the whole time and we live together at altitude. We train together all the time. Um, and they're, you know, we're a very close knit group as well. So, um, yeah. And then of course we have the barman bros as well. I would be remiss not to mention <laughs> the barman bros. Um, they also have their <laughs> thing going, <laughs> um, but we all train, like we all train together. So when we're at altitude, the girls live in houses together and the guys live in houses together, but we all work out, you know, at the same places, the same track and stuff. Um, so it's like very big kind of family feel. Um, they're all of our brothers and, um, you know, whenever we need something from an older person on in the group, that could come from advice from Jager or from, you know, Shalane or Amy or whoever. So um, yeah, it's pretty special. I feel really lucky to be able to be part of such a, an amazing, uplifting kind of group of people who really love the sport and are truly amazing at what they do. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, now I know I have a few friends that recently graduated from college and they were trying to figure out, and Kelsey and I both know some girls that were trying to figure out the next steps in running. Did you ever feel lost or like, how did you kind of come to the conclusion that you're going to join the Bowerman babes. Um, was there a time where you, you were yeah. kind of in between? For sure. Yeah. And it wasn't even the Bowerman babes wasn't even a thing. Um, when I was looking at the group, it was just Shalene and Emily. Um, and they, you know, they hadn't come up with that name yet. Mm. So yeah. I was looking at a few different groups, a few different coaches. I was really concerned with um, finding a coach who specialized in the steeplechase because I knew I wanted to keep doing that, obviously. And I felt like it was really important to have a coach who knew that event specifically um, and really knew how to train an athlete for that event. Um, so Jerry obviously has that specialty, but also Pascal is in our coaching group. Pascal Zobar is our like hurdle coach. Um, he ran the steeple um, back in the day. He was an Olympian um, in the steeple and he teach, you know, he does all of our drills and everything with us. And he does, he leads our core stuff, our gym sessions, uh, in the gym. So that coaching team I knew was going to be really, really good for the steeple. Um, but I looked, yeah, I looked all over. I feel like I kind of did when you're looking for colleges and you visit, you know, your five schools or whatever. Um, I feel like I kind of did that all over again as a pro and I visited that the teams in their, you know, in their natural habitat and went to the cities that where they train and met, met with the coaches, met with, ran with the girls, you know, um, just got a taste for what it would be like to like live and train there. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was really helpful in putting myself in their environment. Um, but there's just so many things that go into it and it really just, and the big things that um, were a priority for me and then just found the right group um, that fit as many of those um, factors for me as possible. Mm -hmm. um, so I really wanted to live in New York when I graduated and, you know, Jerry's group isn't in New York, but that ended up being something that I was able to like sacrifice. But um, having a coach who's an amazing coach in the steeple was not something I was willing to sacrifice. So you know, you just have to kind of like weigh all of those different aspects and see um, what your priorities are. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. I think for a lot who are listening, who aren't sure what they want to do or, you know, it's such a big decision. So any little tidbit is probably helpful in terms of, you know, writing down those pro con lists and everything that goes with it. Yeah. Mm. 
So when we told readers, we were or listeners uh, that we were interviewing you, Colleen, we got so many questions. So we're going to combine them, Kelsey, if you're ready, into sort of a rapid fire. Mm -hmm. Don't feel like you have to go into too much depth, but you can just highlight um, kind of your quickest response. So they don't have to be super quick, but I don't want you to feel like this is going to take forever. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) the first question is kind of a fun one um, because you spoke about your coach a little bit. What is the toughest workout your coach has ever had you do? Oh, gosh. Um, Jerry is like famous for his hard workouts uh, or maybe infamous, but um, I like to do like speed stuff more than the strength Mm -hmm. end of it. I'm definitely not, I've gotten better, but I'm not super like just aerobic, you know, animal the way that someone like Shalane um, or Emily or, you know, one of our longer distance 10k marathon type girls they just could do mile repeats all day long you know um that's not me um uh, we did a 10 or was it eight eight to ten mile only did eight um some of the other women did 10 10 eight to ten mile um tempo run out on this road it's uh it's called Zavi island actually in in portland um, yeah, I nearly died, but it's stuff like that. Like I hate the just long grinder, um, where you just in pain and you just stayed there for a while. I'd much rather like do an 800 and just, it hurts like hell and it's so lactic and then it's over before you even know it. Um, we do a lot of stuff where it's like, like four or five times a mile and that's just to like with like 90 seconds recovery at maybe like five, like 15 pace. And then that is just like to get you tired for the real work where he just, you know, do like eight, four, four, eight, four, four, or like six times 400 or something. It's like, that's the real work, but he just wanted to get you really tired by making you do a bunch of mile repeats for you. <laughs> so that's the kind of day okay. I hate. My best day is like, um, I don't know two times 300 and then some 150s and then two more 300s just as fast as you can. That's my, that's my favorite day. (laughs) It's so, it's so funny to think of what is hard for some people and easy for others, like mentally, like, cause I'm sitting here and I'm like, give me those eight to 10 milers any day of the week. But like thinking of running on a track, (laughs) is actually the most petrifying thing to me. Like it's so scary. Yeah, everybody's different. So funny. Yeah, yeah. the spring. Um, best tips on recovery. So how do you recover from this hard stuff? Um, I have like all the tools, all the goodies. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like the R8, the foot roller, the R3, uh, and the R8 is like the bigger roll recovery, um, like leg one, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I love those. I have like the stretching rope. I have um one of the hyper ice um gun things or like like massage gun things mm. i have like the spiky ball for your for your feet i mean i literally yeah there's a recovery tool i probably own it um <laughs> so i use them all just depending on like what's going on with my mm. body at that time whatever like little thing is happening whatever sore um i also love doing I'm not as much into ice baths these day these days as salt like Epsom salt soaks so I'll do in the evening like a warm bath with Epsom salt and then puts me like right to bed like I get really sleepy from that 
Um, and I just think that helps to relax the muscles and just make everything kind of, um, yeah, just like loosen up and relaxed. Um, gosh, what else? Do you take naps? I also really like, oh, I do take naps. Yeah. I do take naps, um, probably like maybe like two or three times a week, especially if we're at training okay. camp and we're training really hard. Um, I do take like a 30 to an hour, uh, 30 minutes to an hour nap. Um, I also really recommend to people um, active recovery in the form of going into the pool. Um, so whether that's aqua jogging or swimming for you, for me, it's swimming, but um, instead of a double run about two or three times a week, I will do a double in the pool where in the afternoon I just swim for like 30 or 45 minutes. Um, not like a swim workout. Um, pool. Um, and yeah, I think that's a great way to make the legs the next day makes my legs feel like refreshed. It's like a for the legs and but you're still getting some you know active recovery in um so what is what are some of your tips on staying motivated oh that's a good one people ask me that a lot um which is kind of funny because I feel like <laughs> I don't know that's yeah it's a very frequently asked question yeah um I I think my best way that I stay motivated is just staying with my group. Um, if I'm, you know, if, again, if I'm training alone, like doing the whole, um, runner thing pro runner thing as a, you know, solo athlete, I think that's so much harder. Um, I have my group of women that if I come to practice, um, it's say, okay, it's Portland, right? It's beautiful out today. Don't let this fool you. This is not normal Portland. Usually I can't sit outside because it's raining or at least drizzling and it's just like gross. Um, so yeah, in the winter time, it's gross. I wake up in the dark and it's barely gets light. Like the whole day, barely see the sun. Um, it can be hard to motivate yourself to like go out there and do your, yeah. your work and like get in the miles for the day. You still have to do, you know, a 10 mile run and weights and a 30 minute swim. Like that has to get done no matter how tired or, you know, like not, feel like running you just like don't feel like doing it so um but for me I know if I show up to, to Nike at 8 30 and get out there on the field and start running um there will be you know at least five or six or seven other women out there at the same time that will get me through that 10 miles for sure and then and, you know we talk and then all of a sudden I'm at you know 65 minutes and I'm like, oh I'm almost done so um getting a group together, getting teammates, having people that um, can meet you at a certain time, keep you accountable. Like we're going to meet at, you know, 7am, we're going to do the run. If you don't show up, like someone else is waiting there for you to run. And that's probably going to be enough motivation in itself to get your butt out of bed in the morning and go do it. Um, so having someone to meet is awesome. Um, and then just kind of checking in with yourself occasionally and asking yourself like what is my goal like, what is the purpose of doing this why why am I doing it why am I training um and that can be so different depending on who you are and you know what your goals are but just checking in with yourself why am I doing this and then asking yourself like am I doing the things that I need to do am I honestly doing 
all the things that I need to do to be able to reach that goal. Um, and that even just asking myself that I think usually is enough to be like, oh yeah, like if I really want to do that, then this is what I'm going to do today to get myself further along towards that goal. Um, and just checking back in with yourself whenever, you know, you feel like it's necessary to ask yourself, am I doing all those things mm-hmm. I need to do for, to reach my goal? But yeah, I think checking in on goals and then just get yourself some, some running buddies, training mm-hmm. partners. Yeah. Um, oh, Kelsey, you can go. Nope. Oh, you're good. You're good. We're just kind of moving along. So rapid fire here. What do you consider when I say breakthrough race, what stands out to you as your breakthrough? Ooh, breakthrough race. Um, I think when I really started to see myself as like an elite runner would have to be my sophomore year of college I my freshman year I finished uh, fifth at NCAAs in the steeplechase and I was I thought that was amazing but my sophomore year um, I ended up second at NCs against second only to Emma Coburn who at the time had already been to the Olympics um, and then came back, you know, she redshirted or she sat out a year, I guess, and went to the Olympics and then came back um, as a fifth year into the NCAA for her senior year. Um, and it was my sophomore year. So it was like, okay, like Emma is, everybody knows, you know, she's going to win. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> and I wasn't trying to beat her at the time because, yeah, it was like she was just so far above my ability level mm-hmm. at the time. But, um, now, I mean, now looking back on that race, I'm like, that was huge that I was able to be second there and then really started to like, that's when I started to think about, hey, I could be an NCAA champion. That mm-hmm. is a big moment um, in my career because being an NCAA champion opened so many doors for me um, and so many possibilities for me as far as turning pro. So that goal really seemed possible every um, year. And then actually the next year after, after getting a taste of, of good life, my junior year, I got injured and had to sit out of NCAAs altogether um, and didn't even get to run at nationals. So I didn't get to realize my goal for my senior year. Yeah. But um, that's just how it goes, right? As soon as you start to see something amazing and it just gets ripped, ripped from underneath you. But it was still a great lesson. And I, I still, I think I came back my junior year after being injured came back stronger than ever and more determined than ever um, to win a title. Mm-hmm. Um, so you wrapped up your 2018 season not too long ago. Um, what was your highlight of it? Hmm. 2018 was funny because I had a lot of goals for myself this summer, which included um, making the Diamond League final in the steeple and not being third at USA's was a goal of mine. I had been third at USA's for three years in a row, 2015, 2016, 2017. I was third. So I was like, I just don't want to be third. I can be second. I can be first. I can be eighth. I just don't want to be third. Um, but I actually suffered an injury after a great indoor season. I, I made it to the world, made it to world champs in the 1500 during indoors, which was awesome. Cause it's like an off event for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to prove myself in another event on the world stage. I made the final at worlds finished eighth. 
So that was a great start to the year. Uh, but then in the beginning of the summer, I actually uh, went to altitude and I suffered an injury from training. I got a stress reaction in my left foot. Um, so that was a bummer start to the year. I had to drop out of three races, including USA's. Didn't get to run at USA's at all. So I wasn't third. So I kind of <laughs> achievable, I guess. <laughs> Not in the way that I wanted Aww. to <laughs> Um, but, and then, so I dropped out of that and I had to drop out of, um, uh, the pre-classic was supposed to run the, the Diamond League 1500. And I also dropped out of Oslo's, um, Diamond League steeplechase, um, which pretty much that was supposed to be my shot at qualifying for the final, um, in Brussels. So ended up not qualifying for the Diamond League final. So that was also a bummer, but actually in the end of my season, um, I just finished yeah, a couple of weeks ago and I actually mm-hmm. felt really good about it because I um, came back after that injury and was able to get healthy um, in July and end up going out, uh, out to Europe. So my coach sent me out for um, three races. I went to um, Birmingham, raced a 1K, which is kind of a random distance. Um, so I PR'd because I've never run a 1K before. <laughs> <laughs> And then I ran at 1500 in Poland against a couple of decent girls and PR'd again and came away with a win. And then I went to Berlin, ran the steeplechase, came away with a big PR and another win. And then I went to um, Fifth Ave in New York and I just barely missed out on beating Jenny Simpson in the Fifth (laughs) Ave mile. So the end of my season was awesome. It was definitely started with a womp and then it got better. Um, I think the best part of my season to me was going to Berlin. It was a race I'd been to before. It's a world challenge. Um, And I knew there was going to be a couple good Kenyan athletes in there to compete against um, who would run faster than me. And I knew I was in good shape. I knew, you know, I've had a smart race um, and just had a good car. So I ended up having to lead. The Pacers didn't do a very good job. And we went through the first 2K kind of slow and ended up, um, with a K to go, just being like, you know what, screw this. I came here to run fast. We're too slow. I'm, I just have to, you know, suck it up and see what I can do in the last K. And usually I would like, like to not have to do that much work, but, um, yeah, I just, I was like, I came here to run fast. I'm just going to do it. I don't even care if someone ends up beating me because I, you know, did this, but I just want to see if I can and I'll regret it if I don't. So I just went out the last K all by myself and ran under three minutes for the last K, which um, is fastest I've ever run in the last K. And it was all by myself and it felt really, really good. I felt really strong. I felt like I should have gone earlier. (laughs) I had no regrets about making such a strong move um, and ended up being able to That was my saving grace of the summer and it felt really really good well we're really glad to hear it we're glad to hear that your you know your season ended on a high note even though it started off a little bit lower than anticipated totally um so we did get a lot of nutrition questions um from our readers and followers and i know you actually have a blog post on this as well is that correct
You broke up a little bit there. What was the last part? Oh, sorry. Um, so um, we know that you, we had a lot of nutrition questions from our readers and followers. And um, we know you have a blog post on a lot about nutrition and such like that. So um, yeah. would you mind talking to us a little bit maybe about like your favorite pre-run meal or maybe even directing our listeners to that blog post or, or whatever, you know, like favorite healthy snacks on the go, just like some quick, quick favorites. Sure. Well, my website is ColleenQuigley.org. Someone else has ColleenQuigley.com, so you have to use that But on there, I have a bunch of recipes. I have a link for breakfast, lunch, and dinner recipes um, that I've used. I've sent out uh, on my – I have a newsletter um, that I send out to subscribers periodically. It's free. You can sign up on my website. Um, sometimes the articles about nutrition or um, race updates, um, workouts I do in the gym, or I've done stuff about meditation. I'm a big meditator. I've sent stuff out about my journal. I love um, bullet journaling, so I did a newsletter about that. Um, or just like, yeah, workout stuff and, and food stuff. So, um, you can sign up for that on my website, but I have some really fun recipes on there, stuff that, um, I've either gotten from other people or just from my family. Like there's a recipe for yogurt fettuccine on my site, which is, seems to be really popular. I get a lot of people sending me messages on Instagram. Like I tried the yogurt fettuccine. It's so good. <laughs> um, that's one of my favorites because my dad made that for us growing up. Um, oh. we kind of had that instead of, um, macaroni and cheese. My family has always been, uh, um, my mom is a super big health nut and I used to hate that when I was little. Cause I just wanted to eat like you know, like whatever everyone else is eating, you know, I didn't want to eat like from the garden, but now I'm super grateful that that's the way that I grew up and that that's what she really instilled in all of us was just like a really healthy, clean eating, um, just like lifestyle. And that's mm -hmm. how I eat now. Um, but we had this recipe mm -hmm. called yogurt fettuccine and it's kind of like a, um, fettuccine, but I used, um, plain yogurt and cheese to make like this cream sauce. So doesn't have like that heavy whipping cream in it. Or I've tried that. Um, I was about to say. Yeah. So oh, good. You? Well, you posted it, I think, on no, the pros fuel. So yeah, yeah. like a signature one. I always think of you like, oh, this is Colleen Quigley's recipe. So good. Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I, yeah, we yeah. always would have it. My dad is my high school coach. So we'd have the whole oh, team cool. over for dinner, uh, like before the sectional meet or whatever. And we'd always have that for them. And then when I got to college, whenever we had potlucks um, with on my team in college, I'd always make that for all the girls. Like like request it. Like I'd have to bring yogurt for the team. Um, and now I make it for my teammates at least once every altitude trip when we're at altitude camp together. So uh, that yeah, the recipe is signature. Yeah. Um, um, oh no, go ahead, Mike. You're good. One more quick reader question on favorite Nike gear. Oh. Um, gosh, yeah, I'm super spoiled. Nike treats us so well. We get so much stuff and, uh, twice a year I get like shipments of, uh, fall and spring wear. Um, so I always get to try out, you know, all their new product, which is amazing. Um, 
let's see. I really love, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to tell Nike that I really want them to bring back <laughs> guy high dunks. They are a high-heeled tennis shoe. Um, they're super badass. They make you feel like you're wearing a tennis shoe, but you look like kind of dressy, like you could go, you know, out to dinner with like a dress with your high-heeled tennis shoe. And still feel comfortable, but look a little bit dressy. Um, or with jeans. I mean, you can literally wear them with anything. They're so amazing. Um, but Nike doesn't sell them anymore. You have to, like, buy them on, like, eBay now. Oh. <laughs> Nike doesn't make them anymore. So I've told them. I'm like, guys, bring back this guy I ducked. <laughs> um, but anyway, I love those. I also love um, – I have so many good tights right now. I know it's like fall. And so I think maybe that's why I'm like just craving like sweaters with like tights, you know, like nice, just comfy cotton black tight. Um, you have so many great um, like tights for running, but also just for like hanging out or if you're in the gym or whatever too. Um, I love that. I'm running mostly in the Pegasus right now. Um, and sometimes in the Zoom Fly, which is the trainer version of the Vaporfly, which is the four-percent shoe that everyone wants to get their hands on. Um, they don't have any Vaporflies right now, but they do have the Zoom Fly, which is the trainer one. Um, and that one is just nice. It just makes you feel really poppy and like bouncy. I already have a pretty bouncy stride, but it definitely puts you like on the you know front of your feet and feel like you can run fast. So that's a great one too if you're um, like doing like long distance training if you're doing like longer workouts where you don't want to wear like a flat but your training shoe is like really clunky mm -hmm. um this would be a perfect shoe for mm -hmm. that so um the zoom fly oh, is cool. great and then i guess this is just like a great training shoe as well yeah. yeah awesome well thank you i think a lot of our listeners will take that into consideration i mean i have only ever worn nikes once um so uh, maybe i'll have to slide my foot into into it yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so we have two final questions that we always ask our guests. Um, so the first one is, what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, man. Um, I have pretty vivid memories of um, a few times in high school getting super overwhelmed, like in the middle of workouts. If workout was not going well, if I didn't feel good that day, wasn't hitting my splits. Um, I would get kind of like panicky. This has happened to me a couple times as a pro too, actually. Um, like panicky where like you feel like you're hyperventilating, like you have asthma or something, but I don't have asthma. It was just more like a panic attack kind of thing. Um, and just, just that feeling of like so much pressure, you feel like you really want to have a good workout and it's not maybe just not going well. Maybe you're tired. It was exam week and you haven't gotten enough sleep and your body is just exhausted and you're pushing it, you know, too hard. And it just might, might just not hit your splits that day. Um, we all have those kind of days. And I definitely feel like I was stressed out about that too much. Um, then, and I don't know, maybe even now, um, it's hard to let that go, but I think I would just tell my, you know, tell myself like, take a deep breath this is only one workout in the string of, you know, months of training to work out while it's important. And while every workout is important, um, not one single workout is going to make or break you. Um, and so sometimes you want to push, you know, push through and give it your all and just do the best that you can do on that day. But also realize that it's not going to be a perfect day every day. And that really does make you savor the day 
is where it does everything is just clicking and it's coming to you easily and it feels so good and it feels so natural um, but that's not going to happen every day and that's fine um, you just have to get the most out of yourself that you can on that day and just staying calm and realizing that maybe you're working through a different challenge that is also very necessary and very important um, and just one challenge but um yeah just every day is important and just figuring out what you can do on that day to make yourself better given the circumstances that are there i love that i love um what you said about savor the days where things are just natural oh my gosh how yeah. wonderful is it when you take a step back and you're just like that was amazing yeah. and it doesn't even have to be with running like it could just be like like, I just made a new friend today. Yeah. That was awesome. You know what I mean? Like, simple things right. like that that we forget about. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. That's yeah. Awesome. I know. And it does always feel like afterwards, it doesn't even, like, the same thing happens when you have a really good race. You know, when you have an amazing race and you get done, you're like, that wasn't even that hard. Like, yeah. I could keep going. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> and then you the race that was like really horrible that was really slow and you're like oh my god that was poor I could never have run faster I gave it my all so yeah it's just funny how effort is perceived that way oh totally definitely <laughs> all right our final listener or a question for our listeners is um what does being a strong runner chick mean to you yeah, I think that's, I love the whole strong runner chick kind of vibe or um, message. And it's just about, it's kind of ties back in with Fast Braid Friday is like, mm -hmm. just own it, be who you are. And, you know, don't try and force yourself to be or look or feel like anyone else. Um, being, oh no, there's a loud <laughs> car. <laughs> I'm about to drop some knowledge yeah <laughs> keep going <laughs> being a strong a strong female a strong athlete it's just about owning owning that um you know strength and owning your ability to whatever it is if you're really fast and you can do some super fast 300s uh on speed day and that's your strength like own that strength um or maybe it's not your strength and maybe you'd rather you know do the eight mile tempo and owning that too and being like, I'm, you know, this is me, I'm crushing this and I'm going to keep working on those 300. Um, try and be speedy, but you know, this is who I am and this is my, this is my thing. Um, that's how I feel about, you know, fast break Friday and about being a strong runner chick. Um, that's who I am and just owning it and being proud of it. Mm. Love it. Yeah. Great words to end on there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank well, you for being so generous with your time, Colleen. We really yeah, thank it. you guys. I hope yeah. you can hear me okay. Thanks for listening to the oh, Strong Runner Chicks so video. Fun. Do us a favor location. and leave a review on iTunes. That last one literally sounded like a monster truck was revving up. It's like, Colleen, where are you, my friend? On Instagram, like, Facebook, or Twitter at Strong Run Chicks. It's so funny. I'm sitting just like a like, little um, sandwich shop. Yeah. Oh. As I was driving by, because I left the Starbucks, I was like, oh, that actually looks really quiet over there. Like, I'll go sit oh. over there. It really was for like five minutes. And then, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Megan said, thank you so much yeah. for your time and for answering all the reader questions. I know those who are listening right now are going to be so grateful um, for mm -hmm. that. Um, so, Colleen, enjoy your time off. And um, thank you again for your time. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for giving me the opportunity.
Yeah. Thanks. All right, Strong Runner Chicks, thanks for tuning in to another episode, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye now.